Welcome. You have found the show we call Real Men Don't Cry, or do they? This is a podcast for men, and on this show, we will hear real-life stories from men about how they have navigated the complexities of being a man in this modern day. We are going to look at the boys don't cry way of thinking and how that has influenced them and how they have risen above societal pressures to be true to themselves. The focus of this show is men's real world experiences, not just ideas and theories. I hope that you will learn from what they have discovered and use it in your life as well. Let's get into today's show. Hello, I'm Brandon Archer, and this is Real Men Don't Cry, or do they? This is the first guest on this podcast, and I'm pretty honored that he said yes. And when I was making a list of who I should have on, his name went to the top of the list. So it's very fitting that this will be the first guest I have. Andy Nguyen, I am so honored to have you here. We've known each other quite a f- four years, five years, maybe longer now. I think we're keeping on six years, man. Six years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. That's we've amazing. Been, uh, we've been there and back again. And here we yeah. are. So thanks for having me on, brother. Uh, and I'm honored. I'm honored yeah. to be the first guest on this powerful show and podcast you're creating. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Why don't we just start with, you know, who you are, where you are. Who am I? Where am I? Nice. I like to answer this a little bit differently every time. I think I told you that once before. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm a man. (laughs) I'm a man trying to figure it out just like everybody else. And uh, I'm currently living in Mexico and I'm, and I'm, Born in Cal, I'm Canadian, so I'm born in Calgary, but I live in Mexico now. I've been living here for the last three years, and I'm a man figuring it out. And I feel I do have a, the privilege to be at a position in my life right now where uh, I'm able to learn so much from my from my history, from my past. I've only but I've only been on this planet for 35 years, so there's still much more to come. Uh, however, I do feel a great sense of gratitude. To be able to learn from everything that I've experienced up until this point and be able to help other help other men along the way as well. And that's currently at this moment my purpose, my mission is to support other men on their hero's journey. And that's all that's all I feel like sharing with you right now and of who I am. Maybe you can uh, <laughs> maybe yeah, you no, can I'll throw it back to you. Yeah. That's great. I want these to be fluid and just see what happens and extremely real. So I think our, you know, friendship and connections pretty, pretty cool because of, you know, the path we've taken together in a lot of ways, like where we met was pretty cool. Um, How, I don't know. I think I've asked you, but I forgot, which is fitting because now you can share it. How did we end up? in that men's group together? Like what brought you to that place? Yeah, we were in a men's group together on an online format and it was, uh, it was divine timing for me. You know, I'll hear your story in a moment if you feel called to sharing. But for me, I was at a point in my life. It was interesting. I, I went in and joined the men's group for one reason. And then three months in, I, I discovered 
the real reason of why I was there. So I'll start with why I felt the inkling to join in the first place was I just wanted some experience of what a men's group is all about because I started my company about four or five months before joining the men's group. My company is called Kings of Hearts and it's all about, it was all about men's mental health at that point in time. This was like five years ago, maybe six years ago. And I was like, okay, you know, if I'm starting an organization called Kings of Hearts and I'm going to be running workshops and events, I want some experience. Like I, I want to be a participant in men's work. I want to be a participant in another facilitator uh, guiding me down my path so that I feel that I have the adequate experience to do the same. It was like an integrity thing, if you know what I mean. And so I was there for the experience. I was like, yeah, I'm just here to gain some experience and see how other guys do this work. Right. And it wasn't so much personal until about three months in, almost exactly three months in. And you were in this group as well. And I believe five or six others. And it was around the three month mark where I had a really tough breakup. I had a really excruciating heart pain. My heart was shattered. I was going through, you know, in hindsight here, I was going through a pattern that was ready to be broken. I was going through a healing, a phase of healing where I was invited to look so, so much deeper than just moving from one relationship to the next relationship. It was a time where it was really inviting me. This heartbreak was really inviting me to look in the mirror and ask myself, well, what is my relationship with myself? And I remember so heartbroken. I remember not wanting to show up to men's group that day. And I reached out to our group leader at that time. And I told him, I'm like, Hey man, like I'm too, uh, I'm too broken right now. I'm not able to show up for this, this meeting. And he looked at me, it was over a video call. He looked at me, he was like, he's like, well, why did you sign up? Why are you here? And he reminded me in that moment, he was like, this is why you joined, brother. You're jo you joined so that it's in these moments you can be held, you can be seen, you can be in this container of love, of non-judgment, really. And you can be vulnerable, you can cry, you can weep, you can scream, you can fully express, and then you can pick yourself back up and we can help you pick yourself back up so that you can go back into life brush yourself off and try again and try again in a new way with new lenses, with a new perspective, with a new, with a new embodied way of, of being a man. And I showed up, I showed up for that meeting and it was one of the best men's meetings that I've ever had. Mm. It was the real reason why I was in a men's group. It was the real reason why I decided to join. You know, my soul knew why I joined before my head knew why I joined. Right? If that makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. And it was at that three-month mark where my soul was like, Andy, this is why you're here. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And it brings yeah. up one of the key things why I wanted to do this podcast and share stories like this because... I have a question on why you didn't want to show up. What was the story you had about your emotions mm. and showing them to other men before that moment when you decided to show up to that meeting? 
Yeah. One of many, there's a few different stories and narratives that was happening, but one of them was, I didn't want, I didn't want my emotions to take away from anybody else's experience. Mm -hmm. It was even at a deeper level, my, my emotions are not important. Right. If we were to take what I just said there and then took a, a layer deeper, that would be it. It's like, oh, my emotions are not important. And this is not the right place to be expressing it. It, it won't be received. Uh, they, I'll be judged and they won't get it. They'll think I'm weak. All these, all these stories, all these narratives, right? Do you resonate with any of those? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the time that Ben had that conversation with your facilitator and you, you articulated those ideas and those stories so well, were you aware of the stories then when they were, when it was happening or did you just have resistance to, I don't want to show up? Yeah, I think I had the awareness, you know, but it's different to have a mental awareness on something and then, and then when you're actually in it, mm -hmm. when you're actually, when it's actually rocking you in that moment, right? They say like, you know, you can read a book and, and learn all the pieces of wisdoms and all the knowledge. But when it comes time to actually practice what you just learned from the book, what is it really calling in, in you, right? Yeah. And really in a moment of deep trigger, emotional intensity, your, the nervous system kicks into fight, flight, or freeze. And for me, it was flight. Mm. It was back off, don't show up, right? And so the thing is, yeah, like I, I had the, the perspective. I, I had the men mentality of emotion, expressing emotions are important. It's necessary as a part of being a human being and having this uh, experience. And yet when I was triggered in that moment, the last thing I wanted to do was to be seen in that, in that light. Funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about funny. It's just interesting. I think it's valuable for people listening to realize that's the way it kind of works. Um, meaning you read a book, like you referred to reading a book and you can understand it. You can have the knowledge, but putting it into practice is a very, very different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How long would you say it took you to, to go from understanding it to living it? <laughs> I don't know if I get, if I'm being straightforward with you, bro, I don't know if I could put a, a timeline on that. I, I even till this day, I'm, there's, I'm still working on it, man. Right. I think, I think it's, it's one of those things where when you sign up for this deep level of work and this deep, level of commitment emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that you sign up for the rest of your life, right? To, to, to put a timeline on it is almost want, it's almost coming from, at least from my perspective, coming from a place of, I want it to, to end at a certain point. So I want to move on to the new, the next <laughs> new thing. Right. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I don't want to discourage anybody by saying that it's your life because there's a beautiful blossoming a beautiful growth that you experience along the way and um you know you get to continue to take one step at a time and you get to uncover and remember who you really are and why you're really here 
And it's actually quite a beautiful journey where your emotions and the people in your relationships around you who trigger these emotions, they get to reflect to you the next step in your journey. They get to reflect to you who you are underneath all those stories, who you are underneath all those, the conditioning and the trauma that you may have experienced along the way when you're a child until now. And I think it's such a beautiful journey and uh, it takes a lot of compassion, man. It takes a lot of grace and, and a lot of love for oneself, but yeah, I don't want to put a time to it. Right. Because it is, no, I fully agree with you. I, I just, that, that question came into my head because I think it's one that men want to know. It's like, okay, what do I got to do? Two months, three months, six, you tell me. Like, I need to see the result now. Yeah. And that's not the way it works. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you know, Brandon, you know, something that I'm experiencing at this stage in this, in this commitment is I have a lot of, I get to laugh at myself in a really, Mm. in in the most loving way. Like I get to, you know, see a feel, a trigger, and then be able to zoom out and be like, oh yeah, Andy, you're good, man. (laughs) You're here again. It's just here to remind you to come back to your center again. And which is why I said the word funny earlier, because I think I'm just at a phase where uh, I get to bring in a little bit of conscious, conscious humor, not humor that, that uh, suppresses or bypasses at all. Yeah. I, I fully comprehend what you're saying. Did you have to work through any shame to get to that point? Dude, it, it is, it is the shame game. Um, mm. especially early on, man. Um, you think about it, man, like a lot of men, what's been the societal narrative for so long, right? I, I know it's may- maybe not that anymore these days, but our fathers and our grandfathers, that was their narrative. And the narrative was, was suck it all in and, and don't cry. And those guys were our, were our role models one way or another, right? And so I think that there's a lot of shame with, the emotional expression, may that be uh, sadness or even anger in some ways too, right? Depending on where you fall on the spectrum of, mm. of you know, I'm going to put in quotations like manhood, right? Yeah. And, you know, on one, one, on one end of the spectrum, it's a little bit more of the stoic, macho, traditional man. And then on the mm. other end of the spectrum, which I think we see more of these days, is the man who is sometimes even over emotional like he 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 over expresses he doesn't know how to even create a container for for healthy expression right and so we have this spectrum and i feel like shame is can show up on uh, at any point right it's uh, yeah. it's all over and um yeah i love i just you shared that very well very eloquently because it is a spectrum. There's guys that are bottled up and there's guys that like me, I'll own it. I was overly emotional. And as I've worked on myself, I'm trying to find the, the, the middle ground. What, what do you think the middle ground looks like? I'd like to believe, and this is something, this is the area I like to play in as well. Myself is this area where there's a plant, there's a time and place for, for things. Mm -hmm. And it takes a level of self-regulation in your nervous system, self-soothing, 
it takes a level of leadership of discernment of asking ourselves you know is this is this the right time is this the right place is this the right energy is this the right person um for this specific emotion or the specific way of being way i show up and if we can and we can't get there unless we slow down right emotions i i see as like it's like it's like weather a storm can come in real fast real hard right and we can we can react to that to that storm we can run around with our heads cut off and you know and react and react and like panic or we can see the clouds coming from a distance we can take a deep breath we can calm ourselves ground ourselves so we don't react and we can respond instead and i think from that place we can discern yeah and i think that's the middle ground i think the middle ground is you know is this is this a place right now for me to express my emotions is this is this appropriate and then and then even then like how much you know on a scale of 1 to 10 how far would would i like to take it there i think that we can bring at some level like it's going to take a lot of practice but we can get to a place where we can really find where that we can really feel where that red line is yeah and choose to go maybe halfway and maybe it's a time where there's this is not the appropriate time for emotions maybe this is a time where i got to just take some really deep breaths and um, and be present with what is needed here. And maybe that moment does not call for emotions. And then the responsible thing after is after that setting is complete or that environment is done, take that time, set aside that time to express your emotion. Find a men's group, do a breath work, do some sort of practice that you you might or might not know and get go there, right? And I think that those like those macho guys, those stoic guys, they on the, on that side of the spectrum they hold things in and then they don't follow through after mm. right they don't they don't either know or have or have the just at the wherewithal of like okay this does need to go somewhere i can't just swallow it right and then on the other side of things we have guys who just way just over emotional and and um, I think the calling for them is a lot of self-regulation in the body as well, really slowing things down. And so, um, where yeah. which side of the spectrum were you were you on at the start of your journey? Yeah, I was the. It's interesting, man. Like I went through different phases. You know, mm. when I was in my teenage years. There's a lot of stoic uh, being a stoic. I had the stoic mask on, and I was hanging around around a lot of guys who. Um who just like sucked it up, you know? I have a history of hanging out with guys when I was between the age of 13 and 16, uh, hanging out with guys who were involved with gangs and just street level gangs, but like just bad stuff, you know? And those guys, they're not all about emotions. You suck it up, right? And for a big chunk of my teenage years, that was that. And then when I went into my 20s, things started to change. I got in touch with my emotions a little bit more and I didn't have, uh, I didn't have containers for them. So it was uncontained emotion, you know, but I think deep down inside throughout all the different seasons that I've been through, I've always been a sensitive man. I've had, I was always in touch with my emotions and I think I just went from one extreme to the other extreme 
And now I'm finding myself in the middle. Yeah. I call that the pendulum effect. And I, I, I actually am starting to believe you have to go through that process to find the balance. Yeah. 100%. No matter where you're starting, I, I, I don't see another path with myself or with the, the men I work with or experience men's group with. You know, you know, Brandon, like um, one of the piv- pivotal uh, moments for me was a self-reflection question. Uh, and the question was, what is the cost of not expressing my emotions? Mm. What is the cost of, of holding this in? What is the cost of swallowing? What is, what is the cost of, of bottling up anger? And to, be, to face that realization and to ask myself, really, like, w- w- would I be okay with that cost truly? You know, and um, as you know, man, like a lot of the times this, this stuff, when it's unaddressed, when it's unexpressed, Dude, it manifests into yeah. nasty stuff, dude. Well, it almost killed me, literally. Yeah. Uh, my, heart, my heart attack, which I'll, the listeners, I'll give you information on that in another another episode. But you, I met you shortly after that. And it was, mm-hmm. I like that question, what would it cost? And I silently asked myself that. Like, I almost, my kids almost lost their father through that. Yeah. from not knowing how to deal with my own shit, my own emotions, my own anxiety. That's, that was not an option for me. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what it looked like to move forward, but I'm like, no, I'm going to figure this out. (laughs) This can't be the way we're supposed to live as humans and as men. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you feel that people need to face or to brush up against that cost for them oh, to learn man. or, or know, is it, I, or is it, you know, can we be proactive about this? Something that I, I want to yeah. say, I want to say we can be proactive, but I had this discussion with somebody else and we're like, I haven't seen a scenario where somebody had a man hasn't faced that, that brutal hmm. loss of some kind in his life before mm-hmm. he will look at it. So hmm. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think, I think it's possible to change that narrative. I think the work you're doing with men and I'm doing, like I, I have an 18 year old son and I'm trying to pass on everything I can. So I hope he has a different baseline. Mm. That's a very hard question because I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. My abundance framework wants to explore the possibility that it's both. Mm. That it's both, you know, preparation meets opportunity. And opportunity is the pain, right? It's like preparation, preparation, and then boom, a life event or something happens that we can't expect or predict. And then it's in that crossroads where preparation meets opportunity Mm -hmm. slash pain, where we get to really come down into our hearts and like really exercise that, that, that invitation for transformation really is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, stoic men and I have a question for you on. Yeah. Because I know how much work you've done and because, you know, we, we both potentially identify as, as more on the emotional side and we've found the balance and 
do you find that sometimes your current behavior can manifest as stoic because you have that relationship with your emotions? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that question? Yeah, it was. So what I have found is as I heal, as I have a better relationship with my emotions, I understand and you understand them. And like you, you had the Mm. analogy of the storm coming. I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm. This has the potential to make me reactive versus responsive. I find that it can present as I'm not being emotional in a situation where maybe people are like, well, you should be freaking out right now. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. It's totally the, you know, it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing because you're a person that has been practiced enough and has that level of awareness. They, they've built up a, a capacity to hold more. Right. And uh, it can, it can very much come off as this guy is unemotional. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and so, you know, I feel like, I feel, I feel like there's a level there's like an energy that um, one can embody and carry where they, they're not reacting to the situation and flooding themselves or the other person with emotions. And yet they can still express emotion. Like the other person can still feel your heart in it. So I had a, a experience recently where I think it's along the lines of what you're talking about, where I was able to say, I am very hurt right now, but mm-hmm. I could follow it up with, this is what I want. And it wasn't like, uh, it didn't trigger the other person because I had, I, I had dealt with my, the emotional part of it. I was still feeling the hurt, but it wasn't bleeding out into the room. Yeah. Yeah. Which That's allowed them, ground. which allowed them to process the experience without us triggering each other back and forth. Yeah, I think I think the 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 outlier here, what you're talking about, is the communication piece, mm-hmm. right? I think the I think the man on on the very very stoic side of the spectrum, he doesn't have those communication tools to express, and I think that's his opportunity to be like, Ooh, I think I feel in some, something in my, my body. I think I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what to do about it at the moment. That could be the expression. Absolutely. And, and oftentimes that is what the other person needs to hear to feel you and not feel like you're closing down or running away or shutting off. Right. Communication is very important. So what did you do before you had that skill set? How, how would an interaction with, let's just, let's say with a woman, how would an interaction go if you felt emotionally charged, but didn't have that skill set you just talked about? How would you present to her? Well, I was on the very, this is, so you're asking about when I was like over emotional, right? How, how that would have looked like. Yeah. Yes. I just started crying, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I would get, you know, I would cry when I'm angry. I would cry when I'm sad and I would just cry and I would talk really fast and I would br- my breathing would be very short 
and I would be really ungrounded. And I would just deflect, deflect, you know, defend, defend, deflect, defend. And there was no, there's, there were, there was no tuning in deeper to like, oh, like wh- where is this trigger coming from? You know, where am I feeling it in my heart? Uh, how has this person pr- provided me with an opportunity to look inside of myself? Right. That's different. And so before there was a lot of just like <sighs> tears coming out of my eyes and just, and uh, and then immediately trying to trying to end the discomfort immediately, yes. and not stay in the discomfort. I want to just end it quickly, so it would be like, okay, are we good? And you know, let's talk about it later. Or you know, there's a lot of just trying to shut it shut it down so that the crying would stop and we don't have to talk about this anymore. But then it would never be followed up on. It, would, it wouldn't be addressed, right? Hmm. Yeah. When did you realize that that wasn't going to work for you anymore? When I had a really, you know, when I had a really tough breakup, like a really hard breakup. Uh, the the uh, one you're referring one. to when we. Uh, no, that, there was there was another there was another woman before that um, that I was in a longer relationship with, and yeah, she one day just left. Like mm. it was, it almost felt like overnight and i was like what the f F? what the hell happened here i thought we were good not realizing that there was so much stuff that was just you know that had happened between us that was just brushed to the side it was emotional but then we would never actually have dug into it and worked with it together and so over time over the course of like three years, things piled up, piled up, piled up for her, for me. And on the, on the surface, the relationship looked great, but underneath everything, it was a lot of pent up stuff unprocessed things between us. And just one day she had enough and she, you know, they say a woman, you know, when they leave, you know, the day after, or when it feels like it's coming out of left field, it was actually a decision that was made probably six months beforehand. Right. You know, and uh, it just came crashing down on me. And it was really hard, man. It was a really dark time in my life. Really hard. And I was just like, hmm. I couldn't, even then, even for, even after the breakup, for like six, seven months after, I was still under the illusion that we were still going to get back together. It was so emotional. Oh, man, have I been there? You've, you've watched me think that way. <laughs> it was, some, it was so emotional, man. And I like, yeah. uh, I, there was moments where I was trying to, I was trying to do anything to get her back to want me again. And it was emotional. Like I would be, you know, it was, it was so emotional, man. Like I, I look at that guy and I even, there's parts of me that just like wants to shake him a little bit and be like, wake up, bro. Come on, dude. You know, like you're better than this. And, uh, but I trust you, that I had to go through what I what I went through. Yeah, the way I, that I, I did. agree with that. Did you have anybody in your life at that time that was trying to shake you and say "wake up" and you just couldn't hear them? I had good men in my life, but I never had strong men in my life. I, I didn't have no bullshit men in my life. I had mm. I had men. You attract a lot of who you are, right? And I I was a loving man. I was a man with a big heart. I had a lot of care. But I wasn't a no bullshit man for anybody else. So I didn't have that in my life. 
right? I had a lot of lover guys who cared for me, who consoled me, who, who um, spent time with me in my, my broken heart. And that was beautiful. But I didn't have a man that looked me in the, in the eye and said, bro, like, and, and honestly, in, in all the best ways, like, man, the fuck up right now. Yeah. Like, get, get yourself off the ground. You've cried enough. You've weeped enough. You've grieved enough. And you've begged enough. It's time to move on. Yes. Respect yourself. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. Well, that's because society's not... Man, there's so many layers to that. I believe those men, you know, our fathers, men in their 50s, 60s, 70s now, don't even have the balance of the stoic and the relationship with their emotions to go, yeah, cry it out a bit, process that stuff. And you got to move. You got to move forward. Um, because the pendulum yeah. has happened, right? Our fathers were stoic, I believe. And a lot of us went a little more emotional because we were like, well, that didn't work for them. Yeah. And now it's like, ah, what the hell? How do we find the balance in all of this? And I think it was a bit of a rite of passage. Would you, would you view yeah. it as that? Like you had to do that oh, in order yeah. to yeah, yeah, be absolutely. initiated to manhood? Yeah. Oh man, it was, that was an initiation. Yeah. Yeah, that was an initiation. I think that any any difficult scenario where it's it's calling out a side of you that you carry a lot of shame around, and that's an initiation. It's calling you more into yourself, more whole, regardless of where on the spectrum you're coming from. You're being called into the middle again to be more yourself fully, wholeheartedly, in full acceptance, in full love. And... Really, you know, I think the first phase of that is to surround yourself with men who who represent the thing or the energy that you're lacking in your life. Mm. And, and, that, and then they will reflect to you over time that you have that inside of yourself that you need to draw out and you will embody, right? So I think that the men's group is one of the reasons why I was there. That's the reason why both you and I met when we met. Yeah, let's circle back to that because that was, I mean, for me, it changed my life. I know it changed your life too. And what would you say to men that are like resistant to a container like that? What would I say to them? Uh, The first thing that's coming up to my mind is uh, be open to being surprised of why... (laughs) why you're why you're there why you why you need it um most guys most guys they don't realize they need it until they're actually in so just you might have apprehension you might have resistance just get yourself through that door man and you'll see why your mind will want to try to come up with a million reasons or a million expectations of what this could be fuck that yeah. Just go walk into the door and stay open to what it's here to why it's here to serve you. Yeah, I have a uh, a man in my men's group. He's 63 and he joined when he was 62. And I have such respect for for this guy 
and he always tells a story mm. of I, you know, I joined, but I thought I was going to see like guys with man buns and beads and talking <laughs> about them. It was pretty. It's pretty funny because I think a lot of guys have that impression, yeah. like, "Oh, you guys are talking about emotions." Would he just all sit in a circle and cry? I'm like, well, maybe, but also <laughs> maybe not. Right? Yeah. You know, th yeah, there's yeah. there's. Uh, I'm the thing that's coming to mind is iron sharpens iron. And oh, yeah. if we need yeah. to tap into our manhood, I am avoiding the word masculinity on purpose, by the way, sure. yeah, good. tapping into yeah. our manhood, we need to connect with manhood. And we, we have so few healthy containers to do that in society. So what better way for a group of guys all trying to do that? Mm. Yep. And yeah, you don't need to know what it looks like. I'm not going to try to put words to the experience. You just need to have some faith in my faith is really coming into my practice lately too. And the understanding that you got to surrender, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to surrender to a bunch of things. One is you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And you need to be willing to be guided a bit. Guided by what? That's up to, I think, each man to decide what's guiding him. How would, yeah, you, how would you explain guiding a man following his inner wisdom or, or a spiritual path, let's just say? Oh, I like that. Yeah, guidance. Um, how, how would, like, how would I describe that? Or like, what is that? In what does it mean to you? Experience? What does it yeah. mean to you? Yeah. And in, in the realms of relations, like men's groups and relationships and whatnot, for me, guidance means like we get to walk each other to the door, to the door for the person to walk through themselves, you know, like, and it's a, it's this beautiful process of we all get to walk each other. I think Ram Das, uh, he's a spiritual teacher, and he says we're all walking each other home mm. at the end of the day. And I, I'd like to add the, the little detail of like we're not holding anybody's hand to walk through the door. That's your job. Yeah. But we can help each other get there, right? That to me is guidance. Is I'm not um, giving you all the answers. I'm not doing it for you, and I'm not also I'm also not claiming to know everything. Cause I'm walking this path with you. Yes. But we get to support each other along the way and walk each other to our respective doors and to take that brave step in. Yeah. Yeah. I love you brought in Ram Dass's quote because I think it's bang on. And to me, that part of home he's talking about is you. Mm -hmm. It's this part mm -hmm. of you that you lost. Yeah. And yeah. if you can find that, man, the world around you changes. Yeah. Home is you. Home, home is, is you. you, you guys. <laughs> it's home not is you. what yeah. your dad thinks you're supposed to be or your mom thinks you're supposed to be or your buddies think you're supposed to be. It's like you as mm -hmm. a man, I honestly believe this. You know who you are and how to show up, air quotes, masculine. We just got to, yeah. you just need that guide to take, to take you to the door that you walk through and you're like, Oh my God, I knew how to do all this stuff all along. I just ignored it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. We, and there's something beautiful about walking each other because, you know, you can get to look to your left and see 
a brother look to your right and see a sister and feel people behind you and you feel supported and uh, that you're not alone on this journey of of going home to yourself and reclaiming your your sovereignty reclaiming your your love for yourself again and it's not a solo journey really isn't there's going to be moments or times or seasons where you need to experience or explore certain things alone but that doesn't mean you're alone alone right (laughs) do you find that a hard i understand what you're saying but do you find that a hard concept to share with people yeah because you know especially if people are not um you know too familiar or practiced in in the language or in this work we can take it very literally you know either it's either i'm alone or I'm not alone. And that's the end of story, you know? And it's, it's, it's actually really hard to explain. Like it's one has to really experience it to know that, you know, like for, for, for example, for you, Brandon, you know, there was a season where you went through some hardships and you needed me and and some other guys to be close to you and to, um, to hold you up, you know? And then there was a period where you, needed to experience some things by yourself, but yet you still, you didn't disconnect from us. You were still keeping us updated. You just didn't need us um, to hold you up anymore. You just said, Hey, you, you guys can walk with me, but just, you don't need to walk as close. Cause I've been, <laughs> I've, I have found my stride. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting way to put it um, because it's very true. It's, yeah. it's, I don't know how better I would describe it other than I'm like, Hey, I got, I'm pretty sure I got this part of my journey now. And I'm just like, Oh, but you're still there. Cool. Here, here's another, here's another visual. You like bikes, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, learning, I how to ri- yeah. learning how to ride a bike, right? At the yeah. beginning, you know, you got training rules and then all of a sudden you take those training wheels off and see someone's holding your seat for you. Yeah. You know, your, your parent or your guardian is holding your seat for you. And then they're sort of letting go of the seat a little bit, but they're still there. And then they fully let go of their seat, yet they're still there. And then they're, they've jumped on the bike and we're riding with you. So you're still, but now you're riding the bike on your own though. You're just not alone. Yeah. So I'm still going to take this illustration further because you know, I'm a cyclist and <laughs> as a road cyclist, you aren't just riding alone. You know, many people don't understand the road cycling as a sport and that's fine. But if you get a group of 10 people with a goal in mind to ride a hundred kilometers as fast as we can, you're going to get there faster together than if you're by yourself. You still all have to do your own work as you work Mm -hmm. together and draft each other and use aerodynamics, but you're going in the same direction. You're just stronger together. It's very, very similar to what we're talking about on a man with his journey in a men's group. It's like, no, man, you still got to do the work, (laughs) but it's a vehicle to feel supported, to get where you're going faster, arguably faster, um, Mm. but it is a way to heal the world. I, I held mm-hmm. back on saying that, but I believe it's true because if you're a man 100%. in a men's group and I know you've experienced it, I'm experiencing it in my life every day. Cause I, 
I have, you know, adult kids, my, the work I did on myself is helping them have a different experience. Well said. That's the ripple effect. It's the ripple effect. I remember Mm -hmm. young, I'm just going to, when I was younger in my twenties, I realized I could influence a room, but because Mm. I was so emotionally charged, I was usually bringing the room down. Mm. And I think that lesson always stuck with me. I'm like, okay, that's powerful. But I'm like, I'm kind of hurting everybody in the room right now. Mm. And because like you, I I had a big heart, have a big heart. I like, didn't want that. I'm like, I want to, like, I care for everyone, but I didn't understand my internal world to see how to, uh, to change everybody's, um, emotional state around me to the positive. Now I have the tools and I can, you know, I can be the person or the man that can like help pick guys up more often. But more importantly for me, not more importantly, but I can do that for my children now. You, I can't, the dad's listening out there. That mm. for me is a good enough reason to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Well right? So, yep. so like the pain and suffering I experienced um, for whatever reason growing up, I can't say I've alleviated that from them. Because I think that's just part of life. But have I given them tools to navigate it? I hope so. And that is the ripple effect. That's that's my example, my personal story of how one man can help change the world. So anybody, and you too, like I know you, you help countless men. That's the same thing. It's just not your children. It's your brother's. So we didn't share with people kind of our experience with each other in, in a men's group setting. I, I think there's value in that. I really want to make sure we touch on that. Mm. Um, was it 2019? I think it was fall of 2019. We went on a retreat on the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia. And I'd never done an event like that. I'm not sure if you had. I think you had before. Yeah, I had one men's retreat before that one. Yeah, yeah. So this was like 20, 25 men together for two and a half days in the wilderness in a beautiful facility um, with some men leading us through different processes and exercises. And there was one, like we'd we'd already known each other because we were in an online men's group together, but this is the first time we'd met face to face. I'll never, ever forget picking you up at the airport ever because <laughs> people came up to us and was like that's beautiful because we like hugged and stuff i i don't know if you remember that part oh, of it, yeah but people yeah, actually said something to us i remember yeah but they we got partnered up for this one exercise and it changed our relationship forever in my opinion yeah that exercise was about the father wound And we were invited to sit across from each other, eyes locked, matching the breath. And we were to take turns um, speaking to our fathers through each other. So I would look at you and imagine my father in your eyes. 
and you would do the same afterwards. And then we would be given these three sentence prompts to speak to our fathers. And the three sentence prompts were dad or father, something I want you to know is fill in the blank. And then we would keep going and going and going and going for like what felt like 10 or 20 minutes. (laughs) And the second prompt was father, something that I'm angry about you for is, and you just keep going and going and going for like 10 minutes. And then the last prompt was father, something that I see in you that is also in me is. And I think I I went first, I believe. I think he did. Yeah. I I went first and man, it was, it was a a waterfall of tears (laughs) and processing. You held the space so well, I must say, thank you. (laughs) You know, four years later, thank you, bro, for holding the space so well. And um, it also emotionally opened you up as well. And it was just one of those processes, man, where like, you just, you get to speak to your dad and a little, a little context here. My dad passed away when I was um, seven years old, seven and a half years old. And being able to speak to him again is not only cathartic, but spirit and spiritual, but also just hella emotional. And the process specifically that we were given was to, to get right with our fathers, to put everything on the table with by sharing by communicating and these prompts that we were given um especially the second one for me man like i walked out of that exercise brandon and i was like i didn't realize i was mad at my dad i didn't realize i was angry at him yeah my abandonment wound came from his passing and he never sat me down man to man father to son and told me that he was not ever going to come back again. And I had anger for that. And I was beautifully, that was the beginning of me being aware of it. And then I took another whole year to process that through other types, other means of work. But um, such a beautiful experience to share with another man. Um, What was it like for you? I don't think we've ever had like a... No, we've never... I've never shared like my experience with that. So there's a lot of, um, you know, in the men's work space, talk about the father wound and how important it is. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. Um, I know my dad loved me. I know that. I feel that to this day. Um, my... I'm just going to go to my mom it's my mother wound that really really has impacted my inability to show up in the world the way i want so i've spent a ton of time on that i feel i've come a long way that experience for me was still i would say disappointment disappointment in my dad not being able to show me how to be Mm. a man Mm -hmm. yeah and i think the power of this exercise this one in particular and just being in that space like oh shit i can learn from other men too Mm -hmm. i can learn this manhood gig from other men it doesn't have to be my dad and it doesn't mean he fucked up it doesn't mean he did 
the wrong job because I know for a fact he did the best he could. Like that's just mm -hmm. reality. Um, but the, my takeaway was like, Oh shit, that part of that disappointment, I will, I'll just use that broader term with my dad and he can help fill a piece of that for me and help me heal that other people, other men in my life can help me deal with that. And I, for me, really grasped that quickly. Mm. It just, it was very natural, felt good. I think, um, I think because I felt that love from my dad in his way and was, mm. I knew it was genuine. Um, I found it a little easier to move through it than maybe some guys do. Yeah, I'm not saying could, I don't have unresolved things there. I, I yeah. know I do, but. And if you could imagine if, if we did a mother share instead, right? I would have been, been a hot mess in that, yeah. in that process. And I've done processes like that now because, and I just think it's important that guys hear that. It's like, this is a, this is not, <laughs> you're a complete human being. And if we, if we delve into the masculine feminine energies and needs, you have needs on both sides. You're not just. Mm -hmm only trying to be masculine you're trying to deal with your emotional side which air quotes is your feminine side mm. they go together mm -hmm. yeah um and as you i mean i know you know that you've you've gone deep into that and um that's a word of caution you guys listening is don't get too caught up in just being more masculine that's not what this is about <laughs> yeah yeah that's like uh I think I think guys who come into it with only that desire get humbled pretty quickly on on this work because I think being more masculine is just a byproduct of this work, not the purpose itself. I love that you said that. I love that you said that because my journey has been dealing with the emotional side or air quotes the the feminine side. The masculine parts just shows up in my life. Yeah. I just have yeah. this innate ability to navigate it things the way I desire to, which feels very um feels very good and healthy. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm proud of the way that you've you've um journeyed through your your emotional terrain, bro. Um I feel uh, you know, because you've allowed yourself to walk the fire, I feel that on the other side of that, you're like three levels, four levels more grounded than I've ever mm. felt you before. Your Thank voice you. is even slightly deeper. It's weird. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I had an incident yep. before we recorded yeah, yeah. this where my groundedness was challenged. Yeah. And reflecting after I dealt with it, I'm like, holy crap. That was very satisfying knowing that, did I do it perfectly? No. Was I quite grounded? Yes. And, and, it's not about me. This is about men's experiences, right? And my experience was I used to be a hot fucking mess. Yeah. I, I can own that. And now I'm like, I actually like the way I navigate conflict, yeah. relationships, hard things. Um, yeah. On that retreat that we were at, was there any other big takeaways that you had that changed your life? Hmm. Well, you know, one of the results, one of the byproducts that came out of that was me starting my own men's group for the first time. 
So I would definitely say that one of the takeaways was uh, a sense of leadership that was uh, handed to me, that was reflected to me that I needed to step into. Um, maybe you can help me help jog my memory, but I believe that one of the processes we did near the end was they took one man at a time and, and towards the lake. And what did they yeah. ask us again? Uh, I think it was, do you want to live? Yeah. Yeah. So they blindfolded us. They brought us to the lake and they had a, like a sword or something. Yeah. They had a sword to our neck. Yes. They and, did. And, and they said, do you want to live? And like, yes. Why do you want to live? And it, it was really, it was, it was really confronting to feel like, well, why do I want to live? Why am I here? What is, what is greater than just waking up in the morning, making breakfast and, you know, sleeping and shitting and all these things, <laughs> you know, like what is there more? And I feel for me that I walked away with like this sense of responsibility, you know, this, the, the depth that I've gone that year, the, the, the mirror reflections, the accountability, the, the feedback that I've gotten from the men, from the retreats that I was a part of the question that I was like, well, Andy, what will you do with this? Will you just internalize it or will you, um, will you forge it into a sword that you'll take into the world to help other men sharpen? That was yeah. the call for me. So that, that experience, I haven't actually had a chance to talk about that experience, that exercise of that, that sword and that question. It's a big realization for sure. That was a big takeaway for me. You know, what I got out of that process was because there was a giant fire and I think there was about 20 of us. I'm just using our number 20 and we're all kind of, uh, you know, in a circle around it, our backs to the lake and there was a drum beating constantly. And that experience for me was the more powerful of that. Why? Yeah. I've never actually reflected on the why. I think it was just the, now that I'm thinking about it, the togetherness. It's like we're a band of brothers right now. Yeah. And I don't think, like, that's definitely nothing I'd ever experienced. And I can remember almost every single man that was there. Some of them I stay in contact with. Some of them I don't. But that, the power behind that many men with an intention, I, it is so powerful. It is so mm. powerful. And I, when I, it was my turn to go out to the, to the lake and I opened my eyes it was Steve Parr with his sword to my neck. My first thought was, oh, it's only Steve. I'll take him out if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> He'll let him hear this after. It's great. I yeah. told him that. I remember. I, I have told him that uh, in uh, the yeah, past. Yeah. But I wonder why that is. Is it because I'd already had a brush with death? I, I don't really know. I can't answer it. I just find it. Yeah, interesting. I think it's yeah. funny. <laughs> That's where my <laughs> brain went. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And also maybe yeah, something that, primal, it's something primal in you too, in that moment, you know, when we have a sword to our throat, you know, it's like, it's yeah, like fight, flight or freeze again, you know, and maybe your reaction was just like, I'll take him down, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that. I like that angle actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just your warrior that just came out. Yeah. 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 You talked about leadership and that event that, retreat really triggered your desire to lead or your purpose to mm -hmm. lead. Mm -hmm. 
do you think that's an innate dormant trait in all men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, and it's going to look different for everybody. Not everybody is meant to lead um, a men's group, but they're, you know, I think men were called into leadership in so many areas, leadership as a father and family, leadership in relationship, leadership at work, whether, regardless of whether you're the owner or an employee or an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Like you can tap into that leadership energy at any point. And I think most importantly, leading yourself, your yeah. life, leading, leading your, leading your emotions. You know, I think a lot of great teachers who speak about masculine and feminine dynamics, they say, you know, can, you know, as to the men, like, can you shepherd your own, can you steward or shepherd your own emotions? Because if you can do that for yourself, hell yeah, you can do that for others. Right. So I, and everybody has emotions. Everyone experiences it. So yeah, leader, leadership is at your, is at your door, doorstep guys, you know, and um, yeah, I think you, you, t- to tap you touched on it. Self-leadership, like Connor Beaton talks a lot about self-leadership and I really respect the way he presents it. Cause he's, yeah. he's bang on. Like you have to navigate you as a human and as a man and then, and lead that and, everything external i don't want to say it gets easier but you have you have this compass you have this internal compass of like what leadership looks like because you do it for yourself yeah exactly yeah yep yeah it starts there it starts there and i think that you know all those that year that we spent in in men's group and those two retreats that i went to and you know a bunch of other plant medicine, uh, you know, psychedelic experience I've had, it all, all signs pointed to uh, leadership of self first and then leadership of others after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We could talk for hours literally. So I think we should find a, I like asking a really key question. Yeah. Kind of a profound one that we'll leave it off on. Um, And the one I have for you is if, if you could say one thing to your child self that you wanted to hear from your dad or your mom, what would that be? Hmm. You don't have to do it all on your own. It's not all on you. It's a powerful message. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for that. It was the, you know, the messaging that I've always gotten was the opposite of that, is that it's all on you. And, um, and you know, it's interesting, that question, too, if I can just quickly expand here, that um, in a way, in a weird way, I, I appreciate that it went down that way because I wouldn't be who I am today, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Profound stuff. Okay. Andy, I, I am so grateful for you being here. Where can people find you and what are you up to as far as projects right now? Yeah. Awesome, brother. Um, you can find me on two different platforms. So I have two businesses. One is called Kings of Hearts. It's our men's community. So if you are experiencing loneliness, if you're going through a transition in your life and you you're carrying guilt, shame, confusion, um, you desire community. Kings of Hearts is, you know, we're taking men in all the time. We actually have um, like a, like a two-month course uh, kicking off in 
It's a live course. Like we'll be online with each other every single week. It's called King's Council. It's a great way to get into men's work and to start your your journey as a man and discovering what that is all about. Uh, and then the second platform is if you um, if you want to go even deeper and you you don't want to uh, explore a group setting and you want a little bit more mentorship one on one, I take guys on. I take six guys a year uh, for a minimum of one year, and we go deep together on a one on one mentorship coaching basis. And um, I specialize with integrity and energy leaks and uh, and confidence specifically. So. That's my area of uh, expertise. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for being here and sharing your experiences and, you know, your, your personal journey and your wisdom for all the men. I'm, I'm sure it's going to land well. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for creating this platform and thank you for your service, brother. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. I honestly hope you found something you can use in your life. And I hope you found some relief in knowing that you're not the only one with challenges. We can be very isolated as men. If you don't have support in your life, please reach out to someone. It's okay to need help. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man. In fact, it takes a courageous man to know when it's time to ask for guidance. Until next time, brother.